in the first meeting between the Steelers and them Jags back in week five. Cam Hayward played 46 snaps and made just two tackles. Hayward had zero quarterback sacks and zero quarterback pressures. And that's not because Hayward played a bad game. It's because them Jags double-teamed Hayward on just about every single play and occasionally tripled up on the Steelers' number 97. Cam Hayward is in my good books, and he's a first-team All-Pro, an incredible player having a career year. But when it comes to them Jags, hey, Cam, guess what? You just made the list! Jacksonville's list of people to minimize in Sunday's playoff game. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust now. 412-333-WXDX. Actually, don't dial that number. If you do that, you'll talk to me. And I cannot help you with your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. But if you call 412-367-0815, Matt Mertz Plumbing can do exactly that. Uh, the number to talk to me, once again, 412-333-WXDX. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, last hour, told ESPN that if he gets franchised again, he would sit out the season or retire. Why would he say that? It's not going to make any difference in Sunday's game. It's a minor distraction compared to him missing all of training camp. A minor distraction compared to all the things the Steelers have had to deal with this year. But why would he say that now? You know what you tell the reporter? In this case, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. I'm just thinking about Sunday. I'll worry about that after the season. Right now, I'm just thinking about Jacksonville. That's what you say. But Lev Bell, boy, he likes the controversy. Either that or he's really stupid or some combination of both. Uh, we've been talking so much about this game Sunday. Talk to Ian Eagle about it. Going to talk to Jeff Lagerman, the former Jag, now doing color for their radio broadcast. That'll be uh, in just about 15 minutes. But uh, the issues are pretty much obvious to me. The single biggest matchup is the Jags' corners against Antonio Brown. Those are the two best corners in football, Ramsey and Boye, the best tandem. If they can contain Brown, them Jags have a shot. The biggest individual factor Uh, The guy who will affect the outcome the most is Blake Bortles because he sucks. What did he say yesterday? There are going to be some people out there who always think I suck. Well, yeah, because you suck. If the Steelers get ahead and Blake Bortles has to win the game, he just can't do it. Again, I keep emphasizing. The reason the Steelers lost in week five wasn't because Ben threw the five picks. It's because the Steelers were 0 for 3 in the red zone 
And instead of leading by a score of uh, 17 uh, to 6, instead 17 to 7 rather, instead of 9-7 like they did in the third quarter after halftime, the Steelers probably do go on and win that game because Ben doesn't have to throw as much and certainly he's not forcing the ball like he did out of frustration in that loss to Jacksonville. Uh, interesting quote from A.J. Boye, uh, the great Jacksonville cornerback. He said, we just asked to get up by seven. Once we're up by seven, we know what we're capable of, unquote. That's a telling quote by Boye and a true quote when it comes to Jacksonville Jaguars. When they're ahead, Bortles can manage the game. Fournette can grind the clock. And the defense is good and can manipulate the game. If Ben has to throw to make up ground, well, we saw what happened the last time he had to do that. You don't want the Jags to get ahead. And let me qualify what Boye said. I think if the Jags are ahead in the first quarter, it's no big deal, unless they get the ball and go on a nine-minute drive right away and are ahead 7-0 and the first quarter's over without the Steelers having touched the ball. But, you know, seven points in the first quarter wouldn't be a big deal. Down seven in the second half, it would become a big deal in a hurry. And by way of discouraging that potential start of Fournette pounding the ball where Shazier used to be, and the Jags go on a long drive and their head 7 nothing, and chew up most of the first quarter. Tomlin often defers when winning the toss. He should take the ball Sunday. 412-333-9939. Up next, today's been a really good football show, and that continues. My guest will be Jeff Lagerman, the former Jags defensive end, who is now their radio color analyst. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. A lot of funny stuff has no taste, like, for example, this show. Rebel, I just wanted to say how funny that was. Now I'm going to cut you off before you can make a joke. The X at 105.9. My guest right now is a former defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, former second-team All-Pro, and now is that team's radio analyst. It's great to welcome Jeff Lagerman. Uh Jeff, what is the confidence level like for the Jaguars? Because they... Lost their last two games, but they rotted Pittsburgh in Week 5 at Pittsburgh. Oh, you're talking about losing the last two regular season games. Well, right. Excuse me. Yeah, well, let's not forget there was a playoff victory this past <laughs> weekend, Mark. Correct. Well, that'll give yeah. you confidence, won't it? Yeah, absolutely it does. And, I mean, especially with a team that you know doesn't have any playoff experience to kind of get that one under your belt and to win and to win in the fashion that you have been winning for the most part the entire season with defense, you know, I think rebuilds a confidence uh, that I don't know if it was necessarily lost, but it might have been waning a little bit the last two weeks of the season where you lost to San Francisco and Tennessee, both road games. How does that week five win at Pittsburgh figure in? It's a long time ago, but uh, 30 to nine, it was a pretty good showing. Well, you know, that, that's how good this Jaguars defense is. You know, I mean, it, first of all, you know, if you look at the game and how it went in the first half, I mean, they were able to hold the Pittsburgh offense and, and limit them in the red zone and, and force them to kick field goals. And then 
you know, in the second half is really where things, uh, you know, really turned for the Jaguars, and that's because the number of interceptions that they were able to get off of Ben, you know. So, you know, and to be perfectly honest with you, I remember going into that game and watching, you know, film of Ben and the games leading up to that, and I didn't think he was playing very well. And so that was, you know, five interceptions. I wouldn't have predicted five, but I, <laughs> I, certainly, I certainly thought – that three or four interceptions was possible just because of the, what I had seen on film out of him. And, and obviously it was kind of a defining moment for him. I mean, because, uh, to see what he did after that, you know, he didn't lose a game until the new England game all the way in the month of December. So he certainly, uh, I don't want to say woke up, but, uh, certainly got on a tear. What will Jacksonville's approach be to covering Antonio Brown, Jeff, who and how many, how many, I mean, hell, I mean, you put one. You know, the Jaguars have the two best cornerbacks in the league. Oh, I know that, but they, they doubled the safety a little bit in week five. On on Antonio Brown? Correct. Uh, you didn't watch the same film I did. They didn't put a, a safety over the top. I mean, it was the only time you would ever got you would ever get a safety to help a corner is that if it's a zone concept and, and the corner is just carrying the route into the safety zone. Uh, the Jaguars never double anybody. That's just not the way they play. Uh, they've got supreme confidence in Jalen Ramsey, supreme confidence in A.J. Boye. And if they're going to play man, my expectation is Jalen Ramsey will be on top of them and Antonio Brown's going to win some and Jalen Ramsey's going to win, win some. And you better hope that uh, Jalen Ramsey doesn't win in a big way because when he wins, it's usually an interception like he got last week at the end of the ball game to close the Buffalo Bills out. Well, those are the two best corners in the league, the best tandem. There seems little doubt about that, correct? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if, if you look at it from the standpoint of, you know, they're, they're pro bowlers and, you know, A.J. Boye and, and Ramsey obviously were the top vote getters when you when you talk about the all-pro team. So, I mean, they're they're really good, you know, and – and they're very different. Jalen Ramsey is, I think, extremely talented. That uh, has got great uh, physical abilities. He's still kind of learning the game. Whereas AJ Boye, even though he's he's only in his fifth year, you know, he I think he's really a kind of like a, a doctorate. You know, whereas Jalen Ramsey is still kind of an undergrad. You know, AJ Boye is kind of working on his doctorate. You know, he literally when you watch him play the game, he runs routes for the wide receivers and. And at the end of plays, could probably have a conversation with the wide receiver and say, hey, look, you know, you're, you're, the route that you just ran, you were just a little off, and here's why, because, I mean, he just knows so much about the opponent's offense. I mean, he's that good. That That's good stuff. Uh, what about the rest of that Jacksonville D, and in particular the pass rush? 55 sacks, just one less than Pittsburgh, uh, and they got a lot of pressure on Ben back in week five, too. Yeah, and, you know, if you looked at, at you know, the reality of those five interceptions, you know, two of them were because of pressure on Ben, and the third was because of a, a defensive lineman deflected a ball leaving, leaving the, you know, uh, Ben's hands. But, I mean, they're really good. I mean, look, they've got, you know, Clay's Campbell, who just had an unbelievable year. You know, they acquired him in free agency and, you know, like a four-year, $60 million deal, and, and he's been worth every penny and probably is underpaid. You know, he ended up having 14 and a half sacks and three forced fumbles, scored a touchdown. You know, he's had a career year. Yannick Ngakwe in his second year ended up uh, getting 12 sacks, and he had six forced fumbles and scored a touchdown himself. Malik Jackson, a defensive tackle, another Pro Bowl player, had eight sacks. That's third in the National Football League amongst defensive tackles. And, you know, backup defensive end Dante Fowler got eight sacks. I mean, 
you know, this defensive line can play a lot of guys. And then, oh, by the way, they traded for Marcel Darius in midseason and got him from the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, and he is a former pro bowler and a big, strong, dominant presence in the middle. So, I mean, this, this, this group up front now, when they roll people through, you know, they, there's not a drop off, you know, it's just rolling guys through. We're talking to Jacksonville radio analyst Jeff Lagerman here on the Mark Madden show. Jeff, uh, what are your expectations for Bortles on Sunday? He's, uh, been getting ripped left and right in the media up here, certainly, but uh, he got him there. Yeah, no, he's look, uh, and it's and it's kind of an easy target. I mean, the reality is, in, in the playoff win against Buffalo, he he ran for more yards than he threw. You know, he, he had ten carries for eighty eight yards, and as a passer, he was uh, just barely over fifty percent and threw for eighty seven yards. <laughs> so, I mean. You know, he, he's like a human dartboard when it comes to, you know, being able to criticize him. But, you know, look, he's – when he throws and at times, you know, especially in the month of December, he's had some games where he's been fantastic, you know, and 300 yards and no interceptions and quarterback rating, you know, over in the, in the well over the 100 range. And, in fact, in the month of December for a while there, he was better than Tom Brady when you looked at the numbers, you know. So, so he's capable – now the last couple games, you know, hasn't been very good. You know, kind of finish out the season at Tennessee wasn't very good. Also, wasn't very good uh, at San Francisco, but wasn't bad at San Francisco. You know, so to be honest with you, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. You know, the one thing I will tell you about him, he's tough as nails. Uh, he is arguably the best running quarterback in the league when he wants to or when he chooses to. Uh, and he also can throw a, a really pretty deep ball at times. Now, the last couple of weeks we haven't seen it. And I think part of the reason is the quarter, the, the coaches have kind of dialed back, you know, what they wanted to have him do and had very conservative game plans. But if they cut him loose, you know, I, I, he's capable of beating uh, teams just like, you know, a, a, an upper echelon quarterback. But it just the consistency with him week in and week out is not there. Uh, Leonard Fournette's had one heck of a rookie season. The Jags led the league in team rushing. Can they just primarily pound the ball on the ground and beat Pittsburgh? Like you said, that game against Buffalo—that's kind of a template for how they've won this year. No, I don't. I don't think they can. I, I mean, I—I I, get you know, Stephon to it, Cameron Hayward, uh, Hargrave. You know, I mean, look, those two—those guys are just too good. You know, to consistently expect to run the football. You know, I know that it happened, you know, going all the way back, you know, October 8th. Uh, but I, the, the Jaguars aren't running the ball as well as they, as well as they were at that point in the season. You know, the, you know, because in the first six games of the season, Leonard Fournette was averaging over four and a half yards carry. You know, in the last, you know, seven games, you know, not counting the playoff game that he has been carrying the ball, he's averaging about, you know, a little over three yards a carry. So, you know, I think I think he's kind of gotten beat up a little bit. He's not uh, he's not running with the same power, you know. And, and I know that the last time him and Mike Mitchell squared off, there was a wave to come on, and I'm sure we're going to see a, a a spirited matchup again in that department. But uh, we're not, we won't see the same running back. I don't think that we saw all the way back in October because I think Fournette is dinged up and 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 not the same the the same runner. Uh, Ryan Shazier tragically will not play. How does that affect what Jacksonville will want to do as opposed to what they did in Week Five? Well, 
I think it's not so much what the Jaguars want to do. I think it, it changes what, you know, Pittsburgh has wanted to do. You know, there, there were coverages that they could do with Ryan Chazier that, you know, you just can't do with, you know, Sean Spence or LJ Ford or, you know, Anthony Chigillo or any other linebacker that they have on the, on the roster just because, you know, look, Shazier, fastest linebacker in the league, hands down, bar none. You know, and there's one play to give you an example in the previous matchup where the Steelers ended up bringing Mike, Mike Hilton off of one edge and then they brought, I think it was Sean Davis off the other edge and only had one defensive lineman with his hand on the ground. And so they, they bring this crazy looking blitz and then they're expecting Shazier from the inside linebacking position who is actually showing a blitz but doesn't, bails out and turns and he has to buzz to, to the wide receiver, the number two guy on the outside of the formation from an inside linebacking position, and it was to the wide side of the field. Well, guess what? Sean Spence can't do that. You know, Ryan Chazier can. So so I think it changes the way the Steelers play defense, uh, and I think it, uh, it certainly will maybe change some of the things that the Jaguars do as far as wanting to attack the middle of a zone defense because Chazier is not there anymore. But I think it also opens up a lot of things that uh, – uh, that you might have more confidence in just because you know you're not going to see something out of the box that they used to run with Shazier out there. Here's a great quote from A.J. Boye, uh, which I'm sure you've heard, Jeff, but it says, we just asked to get up by seven. Once we're up by seven, we know what we're capable of. Uh, talk about that. I get it. I think when the Jaguars are up by seven or, you know, by more than seven, the game becomes very manageable for them, doesn't it? Well, I think two 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 things and two reasons why it becomes manageable. One is the defense is so damn good. Right. Seven points is probably going to be enough to win the ball game. Uh, and number two, I think the offense and Blake Bortles plays a lot better and more relaxed with a lead as opposed to trying to come from behind because we've seen this year that the majority of Blake Bortles' interceptions have, have come when this team has trailed, you know, in, in ball games, whether it's been by, you know, trailing by three points, four points, or seven points. You know, it's almost as if, you know, Blake feels the need to press and force things instead of just letting them come. Whereas when he's got a lead offensively, uh, it's just the productivity is at a higher level, you know, because he's not trying to force things. He's just letting the plays happen and letting the game come to him. So I think it's kind of twofold uh, for this team and its desire to get a lead for a defense that's really good and an offense that just seems to relax. Jeff, really good stuff. I appreciate the expertise. Enjoy the game Sunday. Thanks again. All right, Mark. Thank you, man. That is Jeff Lagerman from the Jacksonville Jaguars radio team. Right now it's time to talk to you. That's right, you. I said you. We're running out of show, but we still have a half an hour to talk about this game. Interesting stuff by Jeff. Kind of combative, but I like it. I don't know. I think they do roll the safety over on Brown some. I think it'd be nuts not to. But he says it's going to be mano a mano all day long Sunday. And boy, as much as I respect Boye and Ramsey, if it's mano a mano, snap after snap, Antonio Brown is going to get his. Believe me, A.B. is going to get his. 105.9. Hey, everybody. It's good old J.R. Jim Ross. And as God is my witness... You better not listen to anyone but Mark Madden. Because business is about to pick up on 105.9 The X.
Pigeons will be picking up Sunday, that's for sure. Steelers and Jags. The game finally, well, it's still, what, 72 hours away. It seems like we've been talking about it forever. If you're just tuning in, the news du jour is Artie Burns says he's going to play. Tewitt says he's going to play. Neither one practiced today, however. And Lev Bell said if the Steelers franchise him again in 2018, he may retire or sit out the entire season. Uh, I don't think that's going to detract the Steelers at all from what they want to do Sunday. I will say this, though. A Patriots player would never say that right before a playoff game. Just would not. Let's go to Dan in Steubenville. Dan, you're on with Mark. What up, man? What up, man? Mark, I just want to throw this out there really quick. I have the utmost respect for your logic and rationale, despite me being a diehard Ohio fan. But I I have a question regarding this. So I remember listening a couple weeks ago when you were talking about how Auburn had beaten both Georgia and beat both Alabama. And you were talking, in your opinion, that you believe that Auburn deserved some sort of credit, right? No, I didn't say Auburn deserved any credit, as in going to the playoff. No, I think sir, only, I I think, only I think only conference champions should have gone to the playoff. Why are we talking about this? The college football season's yeah. over. Thank you for exactly. your call. So, Let's go to uh, John and Butler. John, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Thank you very little. Hey, you know, it, it does. It intrigues me the most. The Steelers' offense against that uh, Jacksonville real good defense. Uh, you stack Brown and Bryant on one side, you know, Tell one to take a fly route and the other. Uh, and then the other side, you have Juju Smith, uh, Schuster on a short side. Put those two on the wide side. Oh, and guess what? You know, uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell out of the backfield. I think Le'Veon I Bell is going to be most useful catching the ball as opposed to running it uh, set Sunday against Jacksonville. I also feel like uh, Vance McDonald's going to have a big game. I look at everything that Jacksonville brings to the table defensively. And throwing the ball over the middle to a big tight end strikes me as something that might really pay off. Oh, yeah, I, I totally believe that. Yeah, even Jesse James will have a couple catches right over that 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 soft zone, right over the linebacker. Now, now what you're doing up. there, if you do go in that direction, what you're doing there is you're getting away from your primary weapons and concentrating on your secondary ones. But then again, I'm not saying, you know, 10 or 12 catches for the tight ends. I'm just saying a few big ones in big situations. And, and you throw one over the top, you take the top off with Brian. So, uh, you know, just to see how far, you know, you can stretch that. that yeah, that, that could end up the... in one of their DB's hands. I think you do have to be careful with, with stuff like that. You you can't just take shots. You're dealing with the best quarterback tandem in football. Yeah, well, I know. I agree. Totally. I, I, but you, you throw a, a hook on Brown on the short, and then you you throw, you throw Brian on a post, and then on the other side of the field, guess what? You throw a you have a swing route for a Bell, you know, an open field. There's there, only so many defensemen. There, there's certainly a lot of options for the Steelers. That's for certain. Let's go to Sean on the road. Sean, you're on the Mark Madden show. You're on the air, Sean. Let's go to Jason and Carnegie. Jason, you're on the Mark Madden Show. 
Hey, Mark. Big fan, big fan. Thank you. Hey, so do you think Ben Rapisberg? Yeah, goodbye. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Steelers and the Jacksonville Jags. That was a spirited conversation with Jeff Lagerman. I I still stand by my analysis that the Jags did double up on Braun in that Week 5 game, maybe not frequently and maybe within the context of having played a zone defense. But if you play Antonio Braun one-on-one, Antonio Braun's going to get his. So I hope that is the Jaguars' plan uh, for the game Sunday at Heinz Field against Jacksonville. And, of course, we talked about other big issues today, like uh, the four new flavors of Diet Coke, which are feisty cherry, ginger lime, twisted mango, or zesty blood orange. The name I like best, of course, is zesty blood orange. Reminds me of something you drink during a satanic ritual. Feisty cherry is the one I'm most likely to sample because I do like cherry cola, although if it contains caffeine, count me out. Uh, Ginger. Have I ever tasted ginger in a cola? I don't think I have. But anything with mango is right out as far as I'm concerned. I remember when Iron City Beer came out with an icy light mango. And they were giving out free icy light mangoes at the bottle shop. Now, normally with beer, if it's free, it's me, and I'll take three. I wanted no part of the icy light mango. I want no part of anything mango. Screw, wasn't that a Saturday Night Live character, Mango? I think because we had a takeoff, a knockoff character in WCW called Kiwi, which shows how... Far we had sunk by that point. Uh, Actually, I was having a funny conversation on Twitter with Lance Storm, who I worked with in WCW, a a great performer in the ring. And if you'll recall, I wrestled Gene Okerlund back in WCW, which was ridiculous. Two non-athletes having a non-match. And I remember before the match, Arn Anderson, uh, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, one of the four horsemen, He was working backstage as an agent, like putting matches together. That's what he does now for WWE, by the way. I saw Arn a couple weeks back when Charlotte was in town for WWE SmackDown, uh, a house show. And Arn said to me, with a straight face, now make sure you take care of Gene out there. And I said, okay, who's going to take care of me? It's time now to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. Can't wait for the kickoff Sunday. So we don't have to talk about all the this might or that might. Let's just play the friggin' game. Right now, ask Mark anything, and then I'm going to give away another $1,000 uh, at the top of the hour. But right now, dial 412-333-WXDX. Ask Mark anything, 412-333-WXDX. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, check it out. Even as a kid, I was a super genius. I was the coolest white guy on the radio. <laughs> I think I'm the coolest guy, period, but what's up? The X at 105.9. Now time to ask Mark anything. Just dial 412-333-WXDX. It's brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar, the city's best seafood and chop house. Check out Chapino in the Strip. And then I'll give away a thousand bucks at the top of the hour. So listen to find out how 
you could win. Let's go to Big Al in the car. Big Al, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Right. Yeah, I think we all know what kind of weapons the Steelers have on offense. We've all heard how good Jacksonville is on defense. So I think the battle is going to be, you know, what's our defense going to do against their offense? Um, do you think we have the ability to shut them down to less than 10 points? I think Bortles so? has the ability to shut himself down. I think as long as the Steelers don't get behind by seven points or more, they'll be in good shape. I mean, why are you concerned about the Jacksonville offense? Like Jeff Logaman said, uh, Fournette had a great rookie season at running back, but he's tailed off. He's a bit physically drained, and Bortles is Bortles. I think this is just a matter of can the Steelers' offense get 20 points? I think that's all it'll take to win this game, if that many, and not make mistakes that gift the Jags a lot of points. Look at the game back in Week 5. The Steelers were 0 for 3 in the red zone. So in the third quarter, instead of being ahead uh, 17 to 7 or 21 to 7, they were merely ahead 9 to 7, and from that point, things went wrong. Let's go to Colin and Butler. Colin, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Welcome. You never get laid. Because your mother's at home too much, and I can only see her five days a week. So if more than five days a week, well, I mean, never. I mean, your mom, your sister, your aunt, your cousin, your dad, too. I don't judge. Let's go to uh, Harry and Green Tree. Harry, ask Mark anything. How did Chris Latang make the All-Star game? Because they want defensemen who are uh, three-on-three players who have acumen at that kind of a game, and they put them in. Why? Are you mad about it? You sound, like, really mad. Well, I thought maybe it was called a non-star game just because of the way he's played. Wow, you're really mad. I hope Tanger's not listening because you sound really mad, and you're being mean. You're behaving almost as if you think what you think means anything. You're really mad, aren't you? Hello? See? He's really mad. Let's go to Lou in the car. Lou, ask Mark anything. Good afternoon, Mr. Madden. Hi, Lou. Uh, my, wife's, my wife's birthday's tomorrow. Should I buy her a card for 4 bucks to go with the gift or just forgo the card? Oh, I don't think you can ever go wrong with the card. What's the gift? A ring. I, mean, I had a ring made for her. Wait a minute. You're already married? You're giving another ring? Yeah, this one I had made out of a silver coin. So you took a silver coin that was probably valuable and had it made into a yeah. ring that probably is less valuable, correct? Maybe. <laughs> Never thought of it that way. I think you should leave her. You should just leave her because you're too stupid for her. Do her for a favor and just take a hike. Let's go to Bill on the north side. Bill. Ask Mark anything. Double M, who's the hottest female wrestler ever, and you cannot say Charlotte? Well, Charlotte's like my daughter or my niece, so I wouldn't say Charlotte. Um, well, that's good. Uh, you see, back in WCW, in a WWE back in the day, too, they took a lot of, like, fitness models and made them into wrestlers. I'd have to say the hottest wrestler ever, just for purely being hot, was Tori Wilson, later the girlfriend of Alex Rodriguez, you may recall. She was pretty hot. I would go with Sonny. I know she was a tramp, but she was still hot as hell. Well, she was hot, but she was more of a valet and very rarely wrestled. 
Then again, that's how Tori started, too. Don't underestimate Medusa with those big fake cans. Can I say that now with everybody being equal? But she had big fake cans. If I had big fake cans, you could say that about me. And hers were great. Mine are real. Let's go to Jeff in Washington. Jeff, ask Mark anything. Mark, I wanted to ask you if you've seen Greta Van Sleet live yet. Not yet, but I can't wait. When are they coming? Uh, I see them in Detroit on the 28th of December. They're not coming anywhere near Pittsburgh. Uh, so, Well, I'm guessing they will sooner or later because they're all between the ages of 18 and 21. Spectacular. Yeah, I bet. I, I think they're awesome. I think the world of Greta Van Fleet, it makes me think there might yet be a future for the kind of music I like. Another friggin' show tomorrow, and then they finally play the damn game. Oh, wait. You can win money. I don't know how to tell you to win. Oh, wait. Hold on. Rewind the song. We'll play it again. We'll play it again. Here's a chance for you to win a thought. Then text the keyword, and you can win a thousand bucks from the X. A thousand bucks from the X. And all you have to do is listen and do what you're told. Good talk. See you out there. 1059. $1,000 bribe for 105.9 The X. Just listen.